Welcome to another edition of the Landlord and Tenant Podmas, the only podcast that has the balls to ask the question, can a landlord and tenant be buddies? Hi, everybody. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Landlord James. And I'm your other host, and I'm Tenant Michael. And uh, we've got a bit of a, uh, we're in a bit of a sticky situation this week, aren't we, James? Yeah, it's kind of a special episode, I guess. Um, a, a very special episode of the Landlord and Tenant Pod Mess. I'm just joking. Remember when they would do that on like sure. Fresh Prince or someone is, uh, you know, something really bad happens and they have a very special episode. A very special episode of the Landlord and Tenant of Pod Blossom. Mess, where James passes away. Well, that's not going to happen. But it is a special episode because we are... Um, in the building that I own and Michael lives in. And we certainly are. we are stuck in the elevator. Um, We're stuck, everybody! Yeah, so we've, we've been stuck in this elevator for about an hour. And we were going to do a podcast today, and I said, I don't want to come back here, so let's just get it over with, and let's just do the podcast here in the elevator. Yeah, and luckily I happen to have the equipment with me. Uh, yeah, you carry it around with you, it I, feels like. I do, and it's battery-powered, so, uh, you know, fingers crossed we don't... I have enough juice in, in the battery. But, yeah, we're stuck between the 8th and 6th uh, floor, somewhere between there, uh, in the uh, very kind of uh, cramped elevator. These are not very big elevators, so... That's right, yeah, and there is no 7th floor in the building. It's yeah. uh, That's why... We're stuck, I think. It's just and, kind of... And why is that again? You explained it to me before, but why is there no uh, seventh floor in, in your building? A series of murders on the floor, and after the fourth, we just felt it was best to just shut the floor down. Oh, so it's still there, but it's it's sealed off. It's sealed off. Um, oh, just too many murders on the floor. Well, one, one murder on a floor, you go, oh, well, could happen anywhere. Two murders, you're going, hmm. Yeah. Well, that's a bit weird. Three murders? A hat trick that you don't want to celebrate. Yeah, and so by the fourth murder, you know, the I made the decision and the Ontario Rental Association made the decision, let's just, let's just board that floor up and it's like it never happened. So it's a dead floor. It's a dead floor. Right. Um, but yeah, I'm sorry, what were you saying, Mike? How, how wide is the elevator shaft? Um, yeah, I, I was just, I was remarking on how cramped it is in here. Oh, yeah. We're like two little sausages in one uh, mini bun. Well, not sure that's how I want to think about it, but yes, um, these are truly piece of crap elevators. They're actually from uh, the 1940s. Wow. Yeah, uh, the building's not that old, but we bought, like, used elevators at the used time Used elevators. Well, it shows. I mean, they... They look pretty ancient. They do have uh, German writing. Like there's German. Uh, there's a serial number. Then there's some German words there. So yeah, I, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to poke this uh, uh, hornet's nest too much. But it seems like you bought these from uh, leftover war materials well, from Germany. Look, it wasn't me. This was my my uncle who originally owned this building. He bought these, but I think he might have had some ties uh, overseas. And uh, there was a lot of big technological advancements over there. And, uh, you know, I think he got a deal on some elevators right. after a certain war. They were a steel and iron-making people. They were. They were. Um, and, uh, hey, look, these are like 60 years old, so they're right. doing pretty good if they get stuck once in a while. Yep. This is my first time being stuck in one of the building's elevators. <laughs> so have you been stuck in here before? Uh, from time to time, yes. Hmm. Um, it's never been this long. We've been in here, what, an hour and a half, sort of? We've been in here an hour and a half, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I'm not panicking. I hope you're not panicking. Are you one of the, are you a claustrophobic person, or are you... No, uh... Mike, I'm not a wimp. I'm fine. It's just oh. annoying. Right. Now, um, what I will tell you is that the only thing that's making me a little uncomfortable, um, aside from standing so close to you, is that, um... If you've been in this building, you've taken these elevators, they have a bit of a smell. Mm. Uh, they do have old carpets on them, and this particular elevator we're in has an old carpet, brown and orange, mm. and they're not very well taken care of, I'll put it that way. Uh, well, I'll tell you how well they're not taken care of. These carpets are white. 
Okay then. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know they look brown and orange, but they're white. Because they've been brown and orange since I moved in eight years ago, and they do have a certain unique smell to them. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, mustiness mixed with something sweet, something like sickly sweet, sickly sweet. Like yeah. if you have a eat pomegranate seeds that have gone off. Like yeah, it's uh, yeah. Look, it's tough owning a building, and I know my the other the landlords out mm-hmm. there listening to this podcast will agree with me. It's tough owning a building, right? You know, sometimes you have old elevators and dirty carpets. What are you supposed to do? Well, you could you know clean them or repair them, but uh, that's maybe the topic for a a different and, episode. And while we're at it, why don't we cure world hunger and make world <laughs> peace and cure every disease too, Mike? It's right. not going to happen, right? Um, man, so. Yeah, we're just here. So what's going on with you, Mike? How are you doing? Um, up until this happened, we got stuck in this elevator, and I do feel like we're like characters in like a Marx Brothers movie or or a Chaplin film or something about two yeah. two guys who are stuck in, you know, uh the, the mechanical world or technology is having its revenge on, on us or something. Black it's Mirror. Very, very Black Mirror. Actually very Black Mirror. That's a more recent reference than my Marx Brothers um reference. So Hmm. I'll have to write that down. Um, up until we got stuck, uh, I was having a fine day. I uh, woke up at 6 a.m., had some oatmeal, um, sort of uh, puttered around the apartment for a bit, did some reading. And What, uh, what is puttering for, for Mike Balazzo in the morning? What's, well, what does a putter consist of? You know, I get up, like I said, I ate my oatmeal, and I sort of puttered around. I uh, sort of you, it, Puttering to me is like you walk kind of quickly, briskly, from room to room, and, you know, gaze out the window for a bit, and you putter into the kitchen and have a glass of water, and just sort of uh, generally uh, always in motion and staying busy. What is the point of that? Why don't you just sleep another hour and then Uh, not putter? I find it hard to sleep. So I I prefer puttering, and it's good for the legs, good for the glutes, good for the blood flow. Just Um, walking quickly around your apartment, looking out a window... Yeah, alone. And it's so funny because you came here and it was kind of swell. It was, I mean, it's getting hot in here. <laughs> so it's getting hot, hot in, in here. here. So, so James, here. take off all your clothes. <laughs> Don't do that. That would be uh, violating a sort of uh, sacred, uh, unspoken rule between landlords and tenants. You know what? Don't worry about it. Wasn't going to do it. But it was. Uh, it's getting hot in here. I was saying, and it was sweltering in my apartment because there's very poor air circulation. Yeah, and, and so, no AC. Yeah, no AC. Uh, there never will be AC. And so we had decided before recording in my unit that we were going to go downstairs and get some ice cream cones. Yeah. And that is when the elevator made that unforgettable noise. It went, ka-chonk. And then it stopped. And then the emergency light came on. Anyone who's ever been in a stuck elevator knows that noise we're talking about. Ka-chonk. And we heard it and we both went, oh, shit. I mean, thank God. Like we said, thank God you weirdly brought the podcasting equipment to go get an ice cream. Well, I was a Boy Scout as a younger man, so uh, I am. I, they always taught me to say, "Be prepared." So I was prepared. Um, do, do Boy Scout in Boy Scouts do they teach you sort of to always be ready to podcast? You know, now that's a funny idea that you're putting out there, but I wonder if, if the modern Boy Scouts learn how to podcast, or how to code, or how to, um, let's see, uh, fly a drone? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, get, I mean, no offense to Boy Scouts, but it's kind of like making this generation's nerds. They, they, they've made nerds for previous generations, where they teach them how to sew and skip rocks or whatever the hell yeah maybe as well teach them some nerdy current skills now were you a boy scout hell no i can picture you in that little uniform the beaver and the scout and the you weren't are you freaking kidding me i wouldn't be caught dead in a group like that even if i when i was a kid boy scouts me are you got to be kidding i'm the opposite of a boy scout Okay. Well, were you involved in any sort of organized activities, uh, uh, be they sports, be they uh, uh, pottery lessons, uh, musical uh, uh, lessons? Um, I was part of a gang. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, socioeconomically, I didn't, you know, I wasn't really mixed, no. mixing with, with gang members, but yeah. um, it was sort of a make, like, I kind of just expressed to my wealthy family that I wanted to experience that life and they paid for me to to live a gang 
they, they paid for you to live a gang lifestyle for for a couple of weeks, like in the summer. It was like day camp. And was it in camp. Toronto, or were you abroad, perhaps, or where? Where? Did uh, you, uh... It was actually in Moscow. You went to Russia. Yeah, it was a Russian gang. Yeah. Now, from what I understand, Russian street gangs are tough customers. They are very oh, violent. Oh yes. Uh, they are merciless and. Uh, I can't believe you were part of that scene. I mean, they it was kind of a... I was a tourist, basically. You know what I mean? I was just right. kind of hanging out with them, mm-hmm. r- ride along, if you will. Right. And I learned a bunch of tricks of the trade. Uh, they do not like the, the Chechen rebels. I'll tell you that. <laughs> right. And uh, yeah, you know, it was, it was interesting. It was a trip, let's just say. And it's where I discovered my um, taste for a vodka... Right, and yeah. probably Russian ladies too. Mm-hmm. Right, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Now, yeah. was there from what but they I... taught me the same shit as Boy Scouts? Here's how you tie a knot. Here's how you, uh, you know, make a sailboat go. Here's how you headbutt a guy. Right. All that kind of stuff. Well, did you have to I, now? So, in a there's that uh, Italian mafia movie Gamora. I'm not sure if you've seen it. New, no. but um, there they sh- they depict. The initiation ritual for young mafia members where they have to like put on a bulletproof vest and then like someone in the mob shoots them at like point blank range. Wow. And you know, could break a rib, could, uh, could call, uh, could, uh, that's cause, the, uh, that's the initiation ritual? At least for this uh, strain of the mob. Wow. You shoot a guy with a bulletproof vest on? Yeah. I'm sure there was a different one before the age of, of guns. Uh, but kick, kick. You have to kick a guy in the balls, maybe. Hey, you want to join the mob? We got to kick you in the ball. <laughs> Imagine that. Yeah. But was there an initiation uh, ceremony for you to hang out with the, uh, the this Russian mob? Yeah, I don't know that I really want to talk about it. It was a, eh, a bit dark, but well, only uh, if you're comfortable, you know. Well, yeah, I'm not sure I really want to get into it. All right, but, only if you're uh, comfortable. You don't need. I don't want to, you know. Uh, dig up any bad memories well basically i had to blow up a horse and uh you know it's like a living horse yeah yeah they're tough man yeah they're tough in russia my god that's awful i mean how many i mean do they have police horses like we do here in toronto Uh, they just have them walking along the street so it's kind of like peaky horse and blowy tap i was like well and is it like what, like okay. a grenade or a bomb or what the hell? Um, if yeah. it was like a series of uh, a series of sticks of dynamite, basically, yeah, that was awful. Not I can, pretty. I can see why you didn't want to talk about this. And I have never been able to eat horse since. Well, maybe that's a good. Uh, Methinks that's a good thing. Perhaps not eating a horse. They're gorgeous creatures, beautiful creatures. Have you ever had a horse or ridden a horse? I have ridden a horse once. Yes, did not have. I mean, they are beautiful, but I hated the experience. Oh, they Why? stink. They stink almost as bad as this carpet in this elevator we're trapped in. Um, they're stinking. They're always. I could see defecating. You. They're well. That's true. And if bucking. you've ever- if you've ever seen a horse poop, it's really weird. It's like a tube comes out of its butt, and then poo comes out of the tube. We've talked about this before. Yeah. This tube uh, theory, and it is yeah. true. I remember riding on the, a horse and just seeing that tube come out, and of course, yeah. suddenly the hairs on the back of my neck start <laughs> you know, uh, sticking out. A tube theory, I, we, should, it should be, we should you know, trademark that. Tube theory. Tube this theory. tube in a horse's butt. I'm telling you, I don't know if it's online, but there's a tube. I don't know what is this. What is this tube? Is this is the thing? This is the elephant in the room for for horse lovers. Oh, they talk about how beautiful horses are, how you know dignified, how um, you know strong they are, how loyal. They never talk about when they go number two, and the tube and the poo comes out. Right? It's true. It's true. Yeah, I could see you having a having a period where you got really into horses. Well, thank you. Uh, well, it's not a compliment. But, but I am afraid of them because they're always bucking and, and they stink. But you just seem like the kind of guy who would put a lot of, you know, his soul and energy into horse ownership. You think I look like a rancher? like a Not in that way. Not in sort of like a Red Dead Redemption way, but more in sort of a, you know, Heartland, the TV show Heartland, way. Yeah. Hey, speaking of that Alberta-based show, um, we're recording this right now, I think, it might be during the last weekend of the Calgary Stampede. 
That's right. Which is, if you're not familiar with the Calgary Stampede, how would we describe it? You've heard of Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, let's see, the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Now, imagine Disneyland or the Olympics, except instead of all the fun rides and good uh, characters or gold medals, you have a bunch of uh, Canada's most reactionary uh, people and politicians making pancakes, and then horses die every year in the uh, chuck wagon races or the uh, whatever, yeah. the other ra- horse It's activities. a big rodeo. It's a big rodeo. Yes. Yeah, I have to be honest. I it was on, I was at a bar and it was on on TV because I think there's not much sports going on right at this moment. Um. Yeah. Because baseball's off for the All Star break and everything, and um, the, so they have the Calgary Stampede on, and it was kind of upsetting because they're just like these dudes like wrangling a little cow. Yeah. Like they were sort of wrestling a cow and chucking it to the ground, and I was like, "Oh, That's Mr. A Tough Man, you're attacking a child, basically." It's rare that I'm against you know violence of any kind, but I didn't like seeing it. It's interesting because you're a guy who's literally blown up a horse. And yeah, but I've it, changed. That was oh, come yeah, on. Yeah. That was me as a rebellious youth. Right, right. Um, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, have you been to Calgary, Mike? I have. Yes, really. I visited there. Yeah. What did you think? Oh, I had a very wonderful time. I uh, I walked the streets. <laughs> they have a street called Electric Avenue. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> That's actually nuts. And people don't associate electricity with cowboy culture, but <laughs> there it is. Do you want to know a funny thing? I was in Calgary a couple years ago, and it, I do like it. And I went to see Peaches, the singer. Oh, no. In Sled Island. Shout out to Evan Wilson. I'm surprised that, surprised that these, you know, they let her perform with her... Yeah. Style. Oh, yeah. She, what's her song? Uh, what's her really rude song? Oh, yeah. Motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> Teaches of Peaches. Okay. Fuck yeah. the Pain Away. I mean, these are oh, just songs I'm. I can't believe you, you even know. know these titles. Well, the heat in the elevator and the uh, everything. Wow. Is, you know, all my. They say, leave your inhibitions at the door. I left them. Well, get this, Mike. So I'm uh, I'm at Sled Island, the, the festival there, and I'm, I've got a pass to see whatever I want. So I go in and I see Peaches. And. Um, She's performing in a theater in Calgary, and the theater had recently been renamed to Flames Central, and <laughs> like that's Calgary not Flames. a joke. Yes. Wow. And the doorknobs with like little Calgary Flame logos, and there was Calgary Flame logos everywhere. And this is like a theater in Calgary that has nothing to do with hockey right. or the Flames. They just sponsored like, it. This is like if, if um, you know, what's like a famous iconic theater in New York? Like what's uh, Carnegie Hall was Carnegie. called like, you know, Mets Zone. The Mets Zone. How do you get to the Mets Zone? Yeah. Practice. Yeah. They just have a big theater there called Flame Central and inexplicably, inexplicably Calgary th- Flames themed. Wow. Did, Isn't that wild? Did Peaches have to... Sing a song about the Calgary Flames. Did the Flames come out? Were they, were they her backing band? Yeah, when she was doing like uh, sucking on my titties or whatever, all the Calgary old Calgary Flames, Jerome Ginla and uh, Doug Gilmore and Lanny McDonald. Oh, Lanny with his big bushy with his mustache. Big bushy mustache. Mika, yeah. um, Mika Kiprasov. They all came out behind her and were wearing like um, leotards. And we're dancing and, and singing backup vocals to Peaches. My yeah. God. Yeah. I didn't think, you wouldn't think like Jerome Ginla and Lanny McDonald would be in the sort of um, techno alternative uh, scene. Well, they love perv rock. They perv, love... Is that what Peach, what, what is Peaches' genre? I think that's how she describes herself. Yeah, perv, perv rock. rock. But Lanny McDonald and Jerome uh, Ginla. Uh, they, because Peaches was based in Berlin for a long time. You know, really? It was a very She's, creative you know what? city. They also spent out. time there because they got into that like underground uh, dance music scene also. The Flames? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. And Lanny McDonald, I believe, was known for spending his summers in Berlin. Uh getting because we played in the 80s right in the 70s and 80s so yeah go before over the wall and... fell down and he he was <laughs> i mean he was like you know how david bowie and iggy pop lived in berlin in the 70s lanny mcdonald and 
the other flames also s- spent a great deal of time in uh, in uh, Berlin before the wall came down, and they yeah. soaked up that seedy atmosphere. You know, it was it was Europe's heroin capital. Is that right? Well, yeah. it certainly recontextualizes Lanny McDonald's famous mustache because when you just think of him as an Alberta Canadian hockey player boy, you see the mustache one way. Yeah. But then when you think of him as a sort of Sprockets esque German music fan, mm-hmm. punk guy, yeah. that mustache has a different vibe to it. Yeah. It means a little something different if you're in the know. <laughs> um, I never, you know, may I just say, I never in a million years thought we'd be stuck in an elevator talking about peaches, talking about Berlin, talking about hell, Lanny McDonald. And I'm having a great time, even though the temperature is rising and the air is pretty stuffy in this elevator. I know. You know, I'm actually having a weirdly good time. And I think it might be the lack of oxygen because (laughs) it doesn't make any sense while we're sort of having a fun conversation. But here we are. Look out. I'm going to tickle you. (laughs) (laughs) Don't don't touch me. Right. Uh, your brother Terrence is a is a Flames fan, isn't he? He is a Flames fan. Yes, he because because uh, we had spent uh, full disclosure. I didn't just visit Calgary. I lived there for a bit. So there, he got it out of me. Got it out of me. So oh. he still has a heart, a place in his heart for the. Uh, I see him Calgary around Flames. Toronto in a Flames hat sometimes. He represents. Yes, yes. He wears a Flames hat sometimes. A Flames jersey if you catch him on a good night. Really? Yeah. Do you ever wear a hockey jersey out and about? I I no I don't. I I don't own one. That would be a stunning. It would be stunning to see you in a hockey jersey. He's a stunner in a hockey. Not jersey. stunning, like beautiful. Like right. it would be shocking to imagine you in like a London Knights OHL jersey. Do you own any uh, like jerseys, baseball jerseys, hockey jerseys? I once, after a family trip to Ireland, my mom uh, bought me a Irish rugby team shirt that was. Far too big for me, <laughs> and I think I wore it once. And and she also bought us shirts from the like the Sinn Fein gift shop, which is <laughs> the uh, political wing of the IRA, <clears throat> whether they admit it or not. And uh, we got these shirts that said like 1916 and had this like uh, picture of like the Declaration of Independence and like I think wow. it had bullet holes in it. And cool, stuff. very intense. And I would wear that for a bit. That's cool. Yeah. I might join the IRA. I don't know. Oh, okay. Well, well you heard you it know, here first, folks. Add a bit of edge to my life. Maybe next episode, I'll uh, I'll go on their website tonight. Um, well, that, uh, good luck with that. I don't know if you can just type in ira.ie and uh, it'll pop up for well, you. Well, it Who might. Knows? Um, yeah, no, I don't. I don't have any jerseys. They don't really. It's not really a great look. I find. You know what I mean? Oh, come on! And they're expensive as hell. And I don't want to put another man's name on my back. And there we get to the heart of the matter. You are too insecure to wear a shirt with another man's name on it. Would you wear a shirt with a woman's name? Yes or no? <laughs> yes. And you wouldn't wear a shirt with a, a man's name? Yes or no? No, actually, I changed my mind. No, I wouldn't wear anyone's name on my back. Okay. I wear my name on my back. You feel comfortable putting another man's name on your back, Michael? I mean, I'm not going to do it 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, but sure, I would wear a man's name on my back. Name a man. I mean, depending on the man. Okay. Uh, like Lin-Manuel Miranda? Put it on my back. Jeffrey Epstein. No! No, nice try, but I'm not going to wear his name on my back because of his alleged horrific crimes. Am I ever glad I didn't invest with him? <laughs> Woo! Did you ever uh, cross paths with Epstein? I mean, I, he wanted me, because I, you know, anyone with like tons of money, right? he wanted them to invest in his fund. You know, he had someone email me, hey, are you interested? And I was like, no, nah, I don't trust your credentials. Woo! Glad about that. Well, if there is a paper trail or an electronic trail, I, you could be called to testify on well, during his trial. And I would imagine, I'm just picturing you on CNN in a suit, looking nervous, testifying at the trial of Jeffrey Epstein. That'd be so funny to me. Who do you think, I mean, this is a wild thing going on with this, with this Epstein guy. It's awful, yeah. disgusting. And all these famous, the elites of... Of uh, the world, finance, embroiled politics, in this entertainment, weird underbelly, and mm-hmm. I, I mean, maybe Alex Jones is just right about everything. I mean, that is a possibility. The elites are like eating people, and we maybe, have no idea. Maybe those Brain Force Plus pills are actually uh, getting the job done. 
in his mind. Now, there was one aspect of this terrible story uh, that the uh, NYPD and I think the FBI uh, battered down the door, the enormous door of his mansion in Manhattan, and they, like, searched his house and they literally found in a safe pictures of underage girls. You'd think that if you were smart and you'd already been in trouble along these lines, you wouldn't literally keep those pictures in in a safe in your home. You should keep nice things in your safe. Not it's a bad bit cliched. Things. It's a bit cliched. Yeah. And it's also the first place the police are going to look. Yeah. You see a big safe? Hmm, let's look in there. So he might be brilliant in the world of finance, but I'm going to go out on a limb here and say he's not so great in the world of hiding things. That's a good point. If you were good at hiding things, you know, put it in a coffee pot. Put it in the toilet uh, tank. Just to be clear, we're not... No! Uh, we're not defending no, what, the no, things no. he was hiding. Those things are awful. Yeah. But, but you're surprised he's bad at hiding. He's that bad? Yeah. 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 No, I never put anything incriminating in a safe. Ever. So you put stuff in the toilet tank? I put stuff in the safe that makes me look good. Like what? Well, you know, maybe fake newspaper clippings that I get my PR people to type up or, you know, letters or journal entries I wrote where I'm like, oh, God, I donated so much to charity. Right. I mean, that is the way to do it. And I put that in the safe. So when the day comes, when the police Mm -hmm. come knocking down on my door and blast open that safe, they're just going to go, oh, shit, he was a great guy. Nothing in the safe. Yeah. He must have felt so stupid when they found that the stuff in the safe. Yeah, he probably felt like a stupid idiot. All the incriminating stuff I just leave, I leave like on the kitchen table. Yeah, hiding in plain sight. Exactly. Right, right. Like what? Oh, just shady business dealings, uh, pictures of the horse I blew up. Just keep it right out there. Uh, my list of people to kill. Yes, I do have a list. You ever okay. have that, you know, when someone bothers you, like someone insults you, and then you hear someone say, like, you just got added to the list. Yes. I have one of those. It's everyone, everyone has a list. Everyone has a, a, a person they can, you know, cheat with, right? Like, what do they call that? Hall uh, pass. Hall pass, Like the right? movie. Like with the movie. Owen Wilson? Yeah. Uh, the Wedding Crashers. Wedding Crashers. I'm just joking. I know it was hall pass. <laughs> everyone has a hall pass, and everyone has a list of people. It's like, you know how a hall pass is? Say, one's to kiss, and one's to kill. Exactly. And it, the hall pass kind of works like you could say, you know, um, I don't know, say you're a woman and you love Sean Connery. Sean Connery's my hall pass. And right. it's super unlikely you'll get the chance to sleep with him, but on the one in a million chance you do, it's fine. It's right. the same with killing people. It's unlikely you're ever going to get the opportunity to do it, but if you do, it's fine. Right. That's how I feel. I mean, that's everyone has those two lists. Do you think there are still women who pine for Sean Connery, who still have Sean Connery on their Hall Pass list? Uh, I believe he's in his late 80s now, and according to some reports, suffering from dementia. <laughs> but do you think that that um, is a, uh, you know, does that deter certain women from still wanting to jump his bones because of his voice? <laughs> it's, I, I mean... You can't underestimate the power of a uh, confident attitude yeah. and, a, and a sexy accent right. and uh, being able to, to really pull off being bald. And he does all three well. He made a meal of being bald. He is probably the most attractive bald man of all time. Yeah, he, he just he made a meal of it. You're right. You could imagine a meal on his bald spot and eat it. And you'd Supper's eat it. Supper's ready. Yeah, shop already, darling. Points to his head. And there's and a, a fried egg on his head. Shopper's ready, love. Why don't you take a bite? And then I sort of eat this fried egg off his forehead. Oh, I was picturing like a, a woman who's enamored with him. Eating. Oh. But, but sure, if you want to eat yeah. a fried egg off Sean Connery's forehead. I wonder if he ever did that it's... as a wild joke. Like, uh, hey, honey, look at this. And then she comes in the kitchen. I put a fried egg on my head. What do you think? I bet he did, knowing <laughs> him. Because he has a bit of a cheeky sense of humor. Mm, right? Yeah, very cheeky. Remember when they off- the people of Scotland or the government offered uh, to... Because they, they're always trying to you know, become an independent nation, yeah. officially. And there, was, <laughs> there was talk of um, having like establishing a Scottish monarchy. And they, they offered him, I believe... The opportunity to be like the king of Scotland, and I, I believe he turned it down. Are you kidding? That's not mm. true. 
Yeah. They offered him to be the king of Scotland. Like, Why would he turn like that down? Be? I don't know. I guess he was too busy, you know, playing his practical jokes, putting food in his head, uh, making uh, certain movies. Like, well, what were some of his last movies? The Hunt for Red October? He was in that. Oh, but he's made way more since then. That was like Medicine the late Man? 80s. Medicine Man? Um, yeah. Dragonheart? I am the last one! Oh, uh... What about that one, uh, Finding Forrester or something, or Finding Nemo? <laughs> no, no, no. In the in the, uh, in the in the preview, he was like, "You're the man now, dog." Remember that? Oh, right. Finding Forrester was it? He said, "Yeah." Or something. You're the man now, dog. Wasn't he in Meet the Fockers as well? Wasn't he? No. Wasn't he Ben uh, Stiller's buddy? <laughs> yeah, I'm worried. You know. Uh, your wife's dad is very intimidating. <laughs> yeah. I watched um, the Alfred Hitchcock movie Marnie that Sean Connery uh, was in. And that's from like the, I think around the time of Bond. Anyway, from scene to scene, he, his, he plays an American like tycoon, a businessman. And from scene to scene, Sean Connery's accent veers from uh, sort of American to fully just Scottish and then sometimes a weird hybrid. Very inconsistent. Mm. Now, I'm going to get a lot of hate mail for saying that. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of our fans, well, to be frank, they love Sean Connery. Yeah, they do. They, they really do. People still do. Remember he did an interview like 30 years ago where he said, uh, give a woman a smack or something? He said it was okay every now and then <laughs> to slap a woman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. You can't say that today. Yeah, yeah, not the most woke opinion there, yeah. Mr. Sean. Yeah. Mr. Uh, Sean. Yeah. God. Is there anything like... Have you called anybody to try to get this fucking well, elevator Well, I fixed? was pushing the, that emergency button uh, here on the, in the, on the panel in the elevator, and nothing seemed to happen. I didn't bring my phone. My phone's in your uh, apartment. Yeah, I don't have a phone either. Yeah, you don't even own a phone. No, I don't. But it's getting very, hot, very hot. It is getting hot, and um, there's a, there's some new smells I think emanating from our bodies, in addition to the smell from the rug. I think it, yeah, I, I think it's a, it, it, it's some sort of chemical release coming out of our bodies. Maybe it's from fear. Maybe it's from anger. Maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe it's an animal instinct that my body is thinking, "Hey, I'm just an animal in this." box with another animal right do i kill him only (laughs) only one of us will survive well you know we always hear about pheromones in terms of whether you're attracted to someone but so i bet the body emits pheromones even uh in other situations too yeah it's it's, we're yes it's definitely not that jealousy anyone is attracted here but yeah it might it might just be an animal instinct Mm. to kill your competition (laughs) also i have something to confess you heard me mention earlier that i did eat oatmeal this morning I have been covertly doing a few toots in the elevator, and I, I cannot tell a lie. And so that may be contributing to the new wave of smells also in the elevator. And I may I also add, I need to tinkle very badly. I drank a two-gallon jug of water before we left my apartment. Oh, for the love of God. Have you tried ringing the, the, uh, the alarm button? Yeah, nothing happened. Oh, yeah. God. Maybe on the count of three, we can yell for help. What do you think? One. Okay. Two. Three. Help! Well, you think that'll work? No. No one can hear anything, it seems like. We're on the dead floor, I bet. and they're Yeah, not- it's because of the dead floor. Damn. Well, someone, someone's going to notice that the elevator's yeah. not working and call somebody. Yeah, probably one of my friends or relatives will also notice that I'm, uh, you know, not responding to their calls or emails. I'm not sure that's going to happen, Mike. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take off my shirt, if you don't mind, because I'm very hot. I do mind? Uh, well, it's off. Anyway. Oh, God. Oh, so what else can we do here while we're stuck in this fucking thing? Maybe we should take a, a pause. Like, Okay, yeah. I'm just going to... Uh, Take off my shirt here, if you don't mind, because I'm uh, overheating a bit, and I would feel more comfortable. I do mind. Well, it's too late. I took it off. Oh, God. All right, why don't we take a break and uh, collect ourselves? Yeah. Okay.
Welcome back to the Landlord and Tenant Podmas. Welcome back, everybody. It's us, Mike and James. We uh, took a break, and we have been in this elevator for 18 hours. And I want to blow up the world. I need to get out of here. I'm going crazy. I'm hot. I'm thirsty. I feel disgusting. I want to smash Mike's head in with a rock. Um, luckily, we don't have any rocks in the elevator. Only our shoes. Um, I feel quite the, op- the exact opposite of how you feel. I've gotten, this must be one of my fourth or fifth wind. You know, I was flagging a bit around hour seven, uh, felt a little down around hour 13, but here in hour 18, I'm feeling good. I could do a whole other 18 hours here. Sure, the air is very dank, is very hot. I'm just down to my underwear right now, um, and the smells in the elevator are inhuman, but I, I do feel good. You're, you must be freaking psycho. You feel good? No. How, how could you be comfortable in this scenario? Well, um, I guess it's, they say it's healthy to fast. We haven't had any food. It's good for the organs. And uh, I was feeling uncomfortable before. Uh, I had drank two, liter, two gallons of water before we got in the elevator, and I did have to relieve myself, and that made all the difference in the world. We um, designated one corner of the elevator as our sort of little boy's room. And so I unfortunately had to let her rip over there. Um, But yeah, I feel great. Like, this just goes to show that you're, like, you're sort of meant for, I don't know, confinement? I am not meant for confinement. Yes, you I need to be outside, free, running through a field, lots of money in cars, you know, airplanes, private jets. That's what... Is right for me. Clearly, you're very comfortable in a little box with no possessions and no one around you. I shouldn't be in here. You should be in here. It's so funny how the tables have turned, you know, because I'm used to living so low. Uh, this isn't much of a difference for me uh, from my average day. Whereas for you, you can barely cope. And I must confess, it is very funny to see you struggling and squirming. Uh, in this uh, well, scenario. It's like that Seinfeld episode when Jerry took first class be- and Elaine took coach because Jerry right. said, Elaine, you've never been in first class. You don't know what you're missing. Right. For me, you know, I'm so used to a life of luxury yeah. that this is total pure hell. But for you, this is... Same old, same old. This is sort of... Yeah, yeah, yeah like you said, yeah. this is not that different from your everyday life. Like, do you, you have a toilet in your apartment, though. Yes, I have a toilet in my well, apartment. Well, I'm sorry. You yeah. seem very comfortable have going you, to the... Have you never used the toilet in my apartment in the two years we've been doing a podcast together? Hell no. Really? I've never stepped foot in your bathroom, nor well, ever would I. Well, that's a fine how-do-you-do. What, you're mad that I didn't use your toilet? I'm not mad as much as I'm disappointed and a little, little insulted. Why would you want me to use your toilet? I don't know. It just seems like a thing that podcast partners do. They... You know, whatever. It's not a big deal. Use each other's toilets? Well, if not, it, it's fine. It's fine. Whatever. Just I'd appreciate it if you use it next time you're in my apartment. Um, Seinfeld. Seinfeld. I think it's important for us to keep talking about things so that we don't... Uh, or for at least you to talk about things so you don't uh, go mad. Um, have you? Are you going to see Jerry Seinfeld next time he plays Toronto? If we survive this elevator? <laughs> Um, I mean, this is sort of like an episode of Seinfeld. Remember the one where they were uh, in line at the restaurant? A bottle episode. A Chinese, the Chinese food one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or the one where they're in the car looking for a place to park. Wasn't that they were in a parking lot looking for the car? I don't want to split hairs here, but well, uh, it's don't different. you think this is like an episode yeah, of Seinfeld? Yeah, it's like a Seinfeld episode. What's your favorite, uh, what are your favorite Seinfeld episodes? Oh, now, I guess the one where, who's the man, the little man, the balding, his glasses, very exuberant. George. Yes, George, the little man, has a, uh, he's uh, going on a date. Mm-hmm. 
And I just, just even thinking of that just makes me laugh. How about yours? Oh, God. I, you know what my favorite one is? Remember the one where George and Jerry are getting, are at the airport and someone with a sign for a random last name is like, I'm here to pick up this random last name uh, person yeah. and take you in a limo. And then George and Jerry say, let's take the limo. Then they get in and they gradually realize it's a limo intended for a white supremacist, supremacist leader. Right. And then George still wants to get it on with the, woman, the white supremacist woman in the, in the car. And it's so funny because you know, times have changed. When that episode was broadcast, the idea of you know, white supremacists in New York City seems so outlandish. And now that it's only full of white supremacists. Gavin McInnes. City. Yep. And uh, yeah. Vice Magazine. I bet they wouldn't do that episode today if Seinfeld was happening today. You're probably right. Do you think that Jerry Seinfeld will have Gavin McInnes on uh, Comedians in Cars uh, getting coffee? Because he does a comedy character. Milo McInnes, I think his name is, or no? Some, he does some version of a, a snowflake character. Yeah, I've seen that. Very, very good, very good comedy. Well, Vice produces a lot of very funny, funny stuff, so I, 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 I get that. Um, it, Jerry, is Jerry right wing now? I don't know what the hell's going I on. I saw there was a pictures of him in Israel holding machine guns that felt... Like he might be a right winger. And I he's mean, a billionaire. When you see a guy holding a machine gun. Yeah, not a lot of hardcore left wingers. Yeah. Uh, although, hey, Antifa, I don't know. Do they have machine they, guns? They got machine guns. Um, yeah, Lord knows what his politics are. I do follow his wife on Instagram, though, Jessica Seinfeld, and she it's great. He's always He appears in maybe one out of 20 pictures sort of reluctantly, it seems. She has an Instagram? Jessica she, Seinfeld? Yes. Wow. What what's she like? Um, a lot of uh, uh, food pictures, a lot of uh, fancy party pictures, and uh, like uh, yoga stuff. You know, is she much younger than Jerry? A little, but not as young as that teenager he dated when he during Seinfeld. Oh, uh, Shoshana Longstein. Wow, that, you had that name ready to go. You know, I don't know why her name stuck in my head, but yeah, she was what like seventeen or something. Mm-hmm. And he was like 36? Yes. Huh. Jessica Seinfeld. Would you, if you had been a father, would you let your daughter, who was 17, date Jerry Seinfeld back in the day? Wow. It's such a tough question because I don't have kids. I don't know. I don't, I don't think I've had the father, uh, actually, father gene kick in yet. I don't know what I do. Do I need to remind you you have a 12-year-old son named Pavel? Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Um, I forgot. Full on. Okay. I fully forgot I had a kid. Well, that's a problem. No, it's... Uh, look, it, it's it's a laugh, is what it is. You forget... This is getting older. This is... I'm 36. You know what? <laughs> you forget you have you forget where your keys are. You forget what you had for breakfast. You forget you have a kid. That's so you, funny. So you forgot you were a father to a, a child. Okay. I did. Right. I did forget that. Well, say, say Pavel was a girl. Pavelina. Right, uh-huh. and turned seventeen, and then uh, she came home. And was like, "Here's my boyfriend. It's just thirty-six year old Jerry Seinfeld. What would you do? Would you hit the roof, or would you pour two gin and tonics and take Jerry into your den and say, let 'Let's have a talk, you and me.' <laughs> it's hard to, to say to see if he's a nice guy. I mean, he's a billionaire. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I might pull him aside and say, "What's in this for me?" Right. Would you ask him for a billion dollars to date your, your daughter? Well, what do they call that? A dowry? Yeah. You'd say, my daughter, Back, yeah. her dowry, I'll set the price now, a billion dollars. Well, in the medieval times, what would it be, like a cow or a few sheep or something? Mm-hmm. So, welcome to the modern age. How about some, you know, a percentage of your residual rights for Seinfeld? Right. Why not? That's reasonable. Hey, you just said the the words medieval times, right? And of course, my mm-hmm. mind uh, was started reeling, and I, it reminded me of uh, recently I went to a Toronto Wolfpack rugby game. Oh, I've been to one of those too. It's really fun. It was a hot day. Some ciders were sipped, Ooh. and uh, <laughs> had a nice time. And Toronto uh, played against the team from Halifax, Northern England. Yes, not Halifax, Canada. No, not unfortunately. So Mark Critch wasn't there cheering on his team because it was the other city. But there was a small contingent, small but loud, 
of fans from Northern England who came mm-hmm. who flew to Toronto to see their team lose, unfortunately. Yeah. And if you don't know, by the way, it's a Toronto team, but they play in a British rugby league. Yeah. So it's like weird. They're a transatlantic right. team. And rugby is huge in the UK, I assume. Mm-hmm. And it's like not so big here. But anyway, these guys flew across the ocean to watch this game. Their team lost. But during like the mid the midpoint of the game between the halves, where they call it the halftime, uh, they did an ad for Medieval Times on the field with the two knights and the king and the princess. Oh, cool! And the knights had a sword fight on the field, and then they had a second fight between the two mascots for the wolf pack. But I was imagining these guys uh flying flew from england just having to watch this ad for a restaurant like i'm sure it's not that low budget or like you know actually uh, in england i think it might be to be honest (laughs) i think it might be i don't know i'm putting rugby on a pedestal yeah because i when Uh, i went to the game too there was guys from the british team and they were just sort of like these shaved head big thick Drunk dudes being like, Redskins! Go Swinton, well up Swinton, Swinton up forever. That kind of yeah. thing. And I think it's pretty grassroots, to be honest, in England, too. So right. this is, I think this is like, because actually the team is owned by like some billionaire mine guy. And he's like, I think that we're like a wealthy team in the weird British league. I don't know why we're talking about this, well, but. Well, I'd just like to end this little part of our show where we talk about rugby as we yeah. do every week mm-hmm. by saying the toilets in the stadium were abysmal <laughs> this just disgusting and uh i missed the last 40 minutes of the game because i had sunscreen in my eyes thank you what yeah how did my you... eye wouldn't stop watering and it got all red and weird for like six hours wow so yeah. you didn't feel like you were fully uh <laughs> fulfilling a stereotype of a nerd you had to really really go for it huh Oh, there's sunscreen in my eyes. It's chemicals. The rug- Did you go up to the giant rugby men and go, can someone please help me? No, I didn't. Very They're funny. real big dudes, huh? They're big guys. You wouldn't want to uh, get them mad or have them uh, slap you. A female friend of mine said that um, her coworkers or something had been like, oh, we go to the Toronto Wolfpack rugby game and we watch the guys. Because they're these big dudes with shorts, short shorts, and they got these big muscular asses and you can get and big thick thighs i think you're circling around another thing that these girls told you what their dicks i thought i thought that's where you were going we like to go and see their dicks (laughs) but you can see their asses we like to go and watch these guys with big asses in the heat women you don't think women like muscular asses a juicy ass uh of course they do yes they have every right to of course they do i don't think women go Ooh, look at the bulge of that dick. I think they might go, ooh, he's got a nice ass. Do you think women say, ooh, I think I saw the outline of his dick? Well, I don't know, but... uh, I don't think so. Maybe if you... you, uh, Female listeners, feel free to write into us. Yeah, Yeah, this Uh, is just the perspective of two men. Yeah. Let us know your opinion. Tweet us at LTPodMess on Twitter and let us know if you go to rugby games because you want to see the outline of a, well, a dick. I like it because, hey, we all know men go to things and go, ooh, look at that girl. <laughs> so about time women did it too. It's about time women said, hey, I'm going to objectify this Equality thug. in a weird way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, it's a wild, wild, violent sport. My brother was like played rugby his whole life. He was like really into it. Did he get very mangled in those games? Oh, yeah. I've seen him. um, I remember watching him once, and he got a big gash in his forehead, and you could, like... Did you see his brain? Yeah, you could see his brain. Uh, Yeah, it was wild. That's... Uh, And then, yeah, you know... But you could see, like, bone and stuff. Ugh. Yep. And he told me that, like... Oh yeah, I've seen guys get tackled and they break their leg and their bone pops out of their leg and like all this shit. Oh, it's crazy. I think it's like these guys. I think want to get hurt, sort of. It's the death drive. You know what I mean? That's like I, maybe it's people me. who I don't know. Like they they enjoy just slamming into some dudes, slamming to a fella. Well, here's a funny slamming thing. Slamming to a fella. I was talking to an Australian friend who uh, we were talking about rugby. There's a lot of rugby you, talk in this yeah, episode Yeah, it's about today. bloody time, this <laughs> podcast devoted 20 minutes to rugby. <laughs> and he was asking me if I'd ever heard of a, sh- of a of something called a shoey. 
have you heard of a shoey? No. And this is in the context of rugby. He told me that in rugby, a shoey is when at the end of a game, a player or the whole team take off their stinky, hot, disgusting, sweaty shoe, and they pour a beer into the shoe, and they chug the beer out of the shoe. And it's called a shoey. Wow. Have you ever heard of that? And uh, would you do it? I've never heard of a shoey, and I don't think I'd do it. But I like how you how your earlier description of like, oh, these British fans must have been disgusted by the <laughs> medieval times, and then in the other five minutes later, they're drinking a stale beer out of a shoe. <laughs> I mean, that's Australian. Maybe there's a difference. Oh, you're right. Us, but uh, yeah, yeah, rugby. Oh, well, should we try and pry the doors open? What are we going to pry it with? I mean, maybe I could try and pry it open with or like with my arms. And you can maybe escape to uh, to get help. That's actually a good idea. But you know what? I don't think your arms are strong enough. What if you lay on your back and use your legs and open your legs? Like you put oh. your toes in between the door and then pry open. Use your legs to pry almost, open the door. Almost like a, a take on Sharon Stone in Basic Instinct, <laughs> right? Yeah. And to be clear, I am just in my underwear. Yeah, Mike's just in his underwear. All right. Okay, so, so give that a try. I'll lie on my back. I'll pry the doors open with just my feet, and then you promise you'll... And get... then and then I'll jump out, yeah. and, and, and then the first thing I'll do is get help. The first thing I do. That's, 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 that's the first thing I'll do. All right. Okay. Here I go. Okay, so... I, you, I don't my... pull out any groin muscles. All right, so Mike, anything. so okay. you're on your back. All right. Gonna... All right, now you, you put a pop... my legs. Right, yep. You got your toes in between right. the door there. All right, I'm going to... Pry the doors okay. open. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, thank God. Oh, fresh air. Oh, fresh air. Okay, hold that, Mike. Hold that. I'm gonna jump out. Okay. You. Ah, my legs. Okay. Just a little update. James escaped the elevator. I think I destroyed my groin muscles. My crotch is on fire right now, and now I'm alone in the stinky elevator. Uh, I lay down in a puddle of my own piss to open the doors, and uh, I just hope James is true to his word and that he gets help for me, because otherwise, I'm in trouble. <laughs>